Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Good, How are good. you? I'm grand, thank you very much. Uh, someone who may not be is uh, Barcelona fan Emma Garcia. Fuck football. <laughs> How are you, Emma? And it begins. <laughs> How are you, Emma? Mm-hmm. Oh. Do you feel? I tell you what, we're going to talk. So we, obviously, this we're, going to, we're talking twenty four hours after uh, Barcelona two Bayern Munich eight. Um, you made your debut on this podcast just over a year or so ago now, after the four uh, three that Liverpool turned around in the second leg against Barcelona. So yeah, you brought me here for your enjoyment. But now you volunteered to come on as some sort of therapy. You brought me here for your enjoyment and my suffering. So. How does last night's absolute trouncing feel against the Roma loss and against the Liverpool loss? I mean, that was the question I asked in the WhatsApp group. Was getting absolutely trounced worse than having the hope of the first leg? What was worse? Last night. Was it? It wasn't having... You see, I've been thinking about this because Anfield was arguably worse because I was actually there. <laughs> and... <laughs> That felt pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but last night was just more embarrassing. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't a sort of the case of the hope killing you. It was just sort of death by a thousand cuts watching no, this. No, but we, we had hope. Hope's a lovely thing. How hopeful were you before the game? You know, I wasn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> I told you yeah. last week. I thought I, we were I feel I need to apologise for that. They didn't let me down. <laughs> You need to apologise. Well, there was a suggestion that I thought that maybe there was some hope, I believe, mentioned on last week's podcast. <laughs> I told you you were wrong. <laughs> you did. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I felt, Chris, that you didn't... Um, that you thought, a little bit like me, that actually the hope was would be worse. Yes. You know, sort of an abstract. I can kind of see Emma's point that this is maybe the absolute annihilation after the after three sets of getting beaten away from home in three consecutive years. But um, I <clears throat> I think on their own, I would much rather lose in a big wave than lose a huge lead like that. I mean, they made history. Well, there's always history to be made. <laughs> oh, good. Record break. <laughs> so, Thomas Muller opened the scoring uh, before the own goal by... Uh... Are we doing this? Are we actually going through... No, no, no. Before the own goal by Alaba. Um, and then... Yeah, we're going minute by minute. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then at 1-1, um, Neuer made the save from Luis Suarez. Lionel Messi hit the post. Um, in a sort of uh, sliding doors moment, had either of those gone in, um, do either of you think it would have made any difference or it would have been 8-4 at the end? Uh, it would have been 8-4. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. Can we talk about the, the very first thing? If we're going to talk about the absolute demise, demise of Barcelona last night is well, the formation from a, a supposed Cruyffian disciple playing 4-4-2 against a team that has pace out wide and was going to exploit those gaps. Who who was supposed to be dealing with these fullbacks? It wasn't Nelson Semedo. <laughs> <laughs> Before, before the match was it when I told you that I was really angry at, <laughs> I was yeah, angry it was about, at it already it was about 7.30 <laughs> so when you saw that team come through him what was your thoughts I was really angry <laughs> <laughs> why had this, been, had this been talked about in the press though? because I'd seen reports like three or four days earlier that they were going to play 4 4 and thought that that was rubbish yeah I I don't know where it came from or why it came about. I just, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Apparently, Bayern play the highest line defensively in European football at the moment. All we needed was someone with a bit of pace to run behind it. But now we played Luis Suarez and Sergio Roberto instead. You said Sergio Roberto would play everywhere, didn't you? <laughs> I did. And I knew so that Sergio Roberto wasn't going to help with this. <laughs> Suarez runs uh, he doesn't even run does he he scored 24 touches 24 touches of the ball last night and his hot spot was in the centre circle because he had to kick off eight times <laughs> or nine if you include um, one of the halves yeah um, so where was it lost was it lost with the formation was it lost with the tactics players attitude players ability it was lost before it started and that was down to the manager, was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, why why would you play that formation? It's stupid. Um, do you think the players made the best of that formation? They lost eight two, Chris. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to ask open-ended questions here, so you can. Yeah, stupid was, questions now, was, Come on. Well, I've got a whole list of stupid 4-1. questions. <laughs> it was four-one after twenty minutes. Of course. Didn't make the best of it. No, my point was no, no, no. Point was, did they look at the formation themselves and sort of throw their hands in the air and say manana, or did they think, right, okay, we don't like this, but we'll knuckle down and get on with it? Well, that's what they should have done. Whether they actually did that is open for debate. Are you surprised? I'm, that... Sorry, go on. I don't know what anyone uh, uh, anyone has opinions are, but from what I was watching, I can't ever really think of a time when I could actually see what Barcelona's shape was. Mm. It was just sort of just mm-hmm. players all over the shop. Not, they, they looked completely disorganised to me. Um, which probably comes from playing a relatively unfamiliar formation. But you would think in that if you're going to do that, you'd, be, you'd at least have your players drilled, right? In, for all his faults, if Jose Mourinho was to rock up, was to have rocked up at Barcelona and tried to play that, his players would have known what they were doing. Yeah, 
Are you surprised they didn't make a first-half substitution as well to try and sort of stop the rot? Yeah. And what would we you have done? We should have done, but he doesn't make substitutions. He what? doesn't make them at all until it's too late. I would have put uh, Ansufation or Ricky Pooch just because they have a bit of pace. Denberry's been injured for nine months, so putting him on was probably a step too far. Um, but I would have definitely put Fatian taken, I don't know, Suarez off or <laughs> Sergio Roberto. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there going, Sergio Roberto. I'm going to hound him out of the club. Did you, uh, I know you played terribly, but what impacted the result? Well, Bayern playing well or you playing terribly or a mixture of both i don't think Bayern played well at all i think they played within themselves okay i disagree i think Bayern were very impressive because I... they were allowed to look like that by barca we made them look like world beaters were all the goals Coutinho from... came on and scored two goals <laughs> were, were all the goals from open play i think they were weren't they yeah and yeah. yes i mean so maybe you can does that make it worse than not conceding at a set play, or because I mean, all the all... <laughs> no, they're equally as bad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Mostly, I mean, a lot of, from what I can remember, a lot of the goals came from errors, so sort of turnover of play, or Semedo getting caught out of the right fullback for the third or fourth goal, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, and of course, Semedo yeah. again with uh, getting Davis. <laughs> but then that happens, doesn't it? You know, if someone's got a, a huge amount of skill and they do that sort of tricky skill with you on the on the touchline you're going to get left on your bum you can't do a lot about that can you for the for what was it the sort of fifth or sixth goal (laughs) no i didn't mean (laughs) (laughs) no no he didn't have a chance i mean there there wasn't much he could do it was like what Lionel messi did to jerome boateng in 2015 except worse (laughs) much worse i mean suarez pretty much did the same to jerome boateng as well didn't he it was a nice moment for him, wasn't it? Yeah. There weren't that many, but it was one of them. <laughs> I, I genuinely, at that point, again, had a little brief bit of sort of, oh, well, maybe something could happen here. I did as then well. Then we immediately conceded. Yes, yeah, yeah. It didn't last very long. <laughs> but there was the other thing as well. There was um, to Stegen giving the ball away to Lewandowski in the first half, and he had to pull off a save, didn't he? So it was just an absolute litany of errors individually. Yeah, they they wanted to play out from the back, but if your goalkeeper can't even pass it to one of his own players, then that's going to be a problem. Yes. Um, he didn't do himself much uh, good in the uh, debate for who's bet- the better German goalkeeper, did he? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he? He did not do himself any favours. But at the, at the same time, I don't particularly remember any of the goals being his fault. Someone tried to say that the second one was his fault, right? Oh, the one where Perisic smashed it. Yeah, someone I saw on Twitter said he should he, he left with his foot, whereas he sh- he shouldn't have done that. But it took a deflection, though. Yeah, I think it Justin was, let him off, didn't he? fault. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm not going to blame him. I think Justin let him off a bit on that one, didn't he? Um, yeah. Does anyone come out of the game for Barcelona with their head held high at all? So uh, no. was Messi Messi get a pass on this or anybody else? No, of course he doesn't. No. no. Why Me- would he deserve one? Uh, he, I mean, he hit the bar, I suppose, and he, he he tried the odd pass, didn't he? That sort of almost came off. 
But beyond that, beyond hitting the bar, he could have been a first-half substitute and he wouldn't have known. No. No, okay. No. Um, was Is anything other than Barcelona tactics, anything other than give the ball to Messi? So Kike might sort of say... PK want you to do this, uh, Sergio Roberto want you to do that, and Jordi Alba want you to do this. Uh, but when the players get on the pitch, do they just suddenly think, I just want to give it to Messi? I think that's just the game plan in general. Oh, that, and okay. that's been the game plan all season. He's amazing. He's the best player in the world. He's probably the best player that will has ever been so far. But don't shake your head at me like that. Um... <laughs> James Milner. <laughs> Jordan Henderson. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's not superhuman. No, well... There's all those people saying, oh, well, if Ronaldo was playing, he'd have carried them out of it. Like, no, he wouldn't. Boy he with... would have got run over just as much. Boy with a Ronaldo fan account outing force last night on Twitter. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, because... Cause... Ronaldo, Ronaldo did so well helping his team getting absolutely run over when he when he lost five nil at the, when he lost five nil at the hands of Barcelona or to Leon last week. Um. Okay, so we talked about the game a little bit last night. So we're gonna, I was going to move on to sort of more structural things. Has anyone got anything they want to talk about the game before I move on? Sure was ninety minutes of football. Sure was from one team. How much of a, I mean, in the same way that the Brazil players felt a little bit tainted by that 7-1, or they still feel tainted by that 7-1, is this going to be a stain on these players for the rest of their careers and afterwards? Yeah, probably. I mean, they didn't get over losing to Roma because the same thing happened at Liverpool. They didn't get over that. You'd think this would especially hurt the the Catalan players, right? The actual... Yeah, because... PK like, was really up there. Arturo Vidal is going to come and go, right? He's played for lo- loads of big clubs. This mm-hmm. is just a a mark yeah. on his CV. He's got lots of things to talk about. Obviously, so does Gerard PK, but it obviously means more when you're the fan that these these guys are. In twenty years' PK time, was it, devastated. It, yeah, in twenty years' time, if um, Arturo Vidal comes back for some sort of, just comes back to the camp new to watch a game or something, are, are people going to go eight-two, mm, and you know, he's gonna, <laughs> he's going to be reminded of it because he was part of that team and he's staying forever. If I'm there, Chris, yeah, certainly. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, let's talk. <clears throat> excuse me, let's talk about some of the more structural things. So, um, for the club hierarchy, then. So you talk about Gerald PK. So. He said that, quote unquote, this is uh, not the first, second or third time. We are not on the right path uh, and he would be the first to leave. So my thought on that was that's a very noble thing for him to say and everything. But listening to Guillaume Balaguer on podcast today, he talks about the fact that Kike clashed with many of the senior players earlier on in the season. Um, mm-hmm. Kike, uh, sorry, PK, Gerard PK has got, you know, for his magnanimous words last night, he is a significant part of this problem, isn't he? Uh, no, I don't... I I think you're putting the blame on the wrong man there. Okay, the group uh, of players... It, how is it PK's fault, Chris? Okay, sorry, uh, not just his fault. So, you know, it's PK's, Messi's, um, Busquets' fault, Jordi Alba's fault. The players that have been there a long time that hold the sway in the dressing room and the sway on choosing the next manager, uh, 
Do you not think? Well, I'm. Uh, I will. Um, <clears throat> I will bow down. I bow to Emma's opinion, but I would say that the prob the structural problems at Barcelona are the fact that those players that you mentioned there have all grown old together. They're the core of the dressing room, and they don't have any sort of form of replacement or challenge to them. So the the problem isn't the isn't there existence it's the lack of what's around them as well because there's nothing coming through from la masia apart from biggie pooch and well, not doesn't have to be la masia they it could be the signings or the 222 million pounds they got for neymar that they've spent on well Magic a player who scored two goals against them. <laughs> yeah someone said there were 300 million pound players on the benches last night and one of them played for for bayern munich <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, no. My my thought was maybe is it a, a player power? You know, you think of the, about the managers that have been at Barcelona in the last few years. So uh, Ernesto Valverde, Kike, um, Luis Enrique. Uh, maybe I'm missing one or two. And one of the constants throughout that is um, this core of players who have been there for an awfully long time since the days of Pep Guardiola. Have they? There is this conspiracy theory. Sorry. That um, that. Messi. Uh, yeah, there's, there's this theory that Messi holds some sort of power of getting Suarez um, starting every day, every game because he's his best friend. And how does do you think that holds weight? <laughs> no, I I think he starts every game because we don't have an alternative. Uh, well, I mean, what, uh, what about Messi choosing, not choosing, but Messi being heavily involved with choices of managers? He's the club captain. Mm. So I imagine that they talk to him, but I no more than that. I think they talk to PK too, because he's a club captain. Mm. I just, I, I don't believe that Messi has this power. I, d I don't, I don't. And if he does, that's a significant problem. Um, I, I I can see a world where Messi does have that power because he is he is Leo Messi, right? As we just said, he is the the best player to have ever played the game. He is um, a marketing phenom for, for for Barcelona. He is a player who already has a legendary status, and he also isn't. Dumb, and he doesn't sign these long-term contracts because he always has the power to be able to uh, um, curry favour because they always want him to renew. Yeah, they'll bend over backwards for him because of who he is. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen his salary? Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing about sort of the players is uh, that team last night it averaged something like twenty-nine years and three hundred and fifty plus days old it's a very old team isn't it um i think mm -hmm. was it frankie de jong who was the youngest player at 23 years uh to start mm -hmm. you said the lamazia are bringing players through but other than pooch and fatty who else is there well there was carlos Perez, who sold to roma uh <laughs> there was there's a big list of these like uh you know rafinha's went to start vigo uh then as far as was rubbish, but you know he was still there. Uh, but so who's banging on the door at the moment? These, well, 
There is Monchu from the youth team who's pretty good. There's Alex Collado who's also pretty good. Uh, he's a striker. We should get some time at some point because mm. he's really good. Um, but, <laughs> see, Kiki Setien managed to ruin two seasons. Uh, <laughs> I know you're pulling this face, but... So, our B team... Uh, we're in the playoffs for the uh, Segunda uh, League and Fati and Ricky Puch could have played for them um, and they could have got promoted. But Setien said, no, we need them for the first team, for the Champions League, and then played neither of them. So he ruined the B team's chances of getting promoted and the first team by not playing them. Uh, yeah, Pooch didn't come on at all, did he? I mean, maybe maybe he was trying to protect Pooch from the humiliation. Maybe he didn't. For want... what? Maybe maybe he didn't want Pooch to be associated with being on the pitch at the time when they conceded eight goals. That's ridiculous. It is, but I mean, I've seen quotes before from managers when they've got sort of kids on the bench and they said, "I'm not putting you on with that heap of crap while they're getting beat. I don't want you to be associated with it." Maybe it's a man management thing. There does come a point when you're already six two down that you just think. But he put he put a seventeen year old Ansufati on instead. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, he also said Bayern scored too many goals as well, didn't he? He did, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is just a a, a fundamental understanding of how football works, and that's, <laughs> like, that's something you want to see in your manager. Factually correct. I mean, to be fair to Kike, he was fourth choice, wasn't he? So he was behind Kuman, um, Xavi, Roberto Martinez. Yeah. So you know. It, but all of, so sorry, but when, back to when we were talking about the the structural problems. All these structural problems essentially are all high rep related, right? Yeah, these they are. are these are boardroom problems. Look at if you and, and go back a relatively long time, I suppose. And mm-hmm. the problem you have with any, with nearly any sort of sporting dynasty is that how often do they know when to move up, move on from each other? And that sort of was always heralded as sort of Alex Ferguson's greatest sort of achievement because not many people rebuild, and that goes back to sort of how long Xavi. Iniesta hung around and if Xavi and Iniesta maybe hadn't hung around as long as they did perhaps one of the players who was playing for Bayern Munich pulling the strings in midfield would still be a Barcelona player <laughs> in, in, in Diago Alcantara the rest of the but right they've sold a player who was supposed to also replace Xavi and Iniesta in, in Artur because they had a budget problem that they needed to cover to cover their own back mm-hmm. they've had all this money from Coutinho the, the, I think the stat was that at the stadium yesterday, the three most expensive players in Barcelona history, who are also the fourth, fifth, and sixth most expensive players in the history of football, were all at the ground. How many of them were effective? Coutinho. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one who rubbed the salt in the wound. <laughs> I mean, to, to solve anything requires... Sacking a... Kiki Setien is putting a sticking plaster over a bullet wound. Yeah. It, it 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 doesn't matter at this point. And I feel for him a bit because he was thrown into a situation which he was not equipped for. 
he can say all these things about, oh, I, w- I want to play Croatian football and it's going to be so much better to watch. And he, he, he made the mistake of saying, <laughs> the only thing that matters is that my teams win, which was a bit of a bold statement coming in, considering he didn't do much of that um, when it matters. Uh, but he wasn't equipped for this. He he didn't have enough experience at a big club like Barcelona where the scrutiny is intense and like nothing he's ever known before. He he was fourth choice as it was. I mean, he just had no business being there. He's a, he's a scapegoat for the higher-ups and it's it's not really fair on him um i'm sure he'll be handsomely rewarded for his failure <laughs> probably <laughs> has he been fired yeah because no. twitter suggests not officially. That twitter suggests that he has but it hasn't been an essentially saying that he has but he hasn't been they announced. called a emergency board meeting for monday Oh, so your claim that he wasn't going to survive the weekend is looking poor, looking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he wants to well, go to work at the weekend. Actually, if he was not actually if he was already sacked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this goes this goes all the way up. I mean, Eric Abidal has a significant portion of blame here, being the sporting director. What's he done wrong? And um, he bought Antoine Griezmann. Mm-hmm. Be- beyond this, beyond he pissed Frankie everybody Pierre. off by he also pissed everybody off by saying that um, the players were to blame for Valverde again being sacked. Oh yes, he did, didn't he? Sorry, I'm... which made I... Messi make that statement about throwing the players under the bus. Maybe don't sack a manager when he's top of the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of altruism that's going to be required to sort Barcelona out, isn't it? You know, um, it's going to require Bartomeu to uh, bring forward elections a year from next year to this year, isn't it? To uh, bring in the manager that they want, because no one is going to want to be manager at Barcelona at the moment, only to be forced out next year if somebody else wins and Xavi comes along. This is it. That this what they need to do is call elections, but. The league is supposed to start on December the uh, sorry on September the twelfth, which is what four weeks. Yeah. Um, it'll take two weeks to sort the elections out because they need to campaign and whatever. Um, so in that time, we can't do anything about having to clear out the sheer numbers of players that need to leave. So the club has to be solvent, doesn't it, by the old directors when the new ones come in? It does. That's why they had to sell Arthur to balance the books. Yeah. If not, he has to pay. He has to shoulder that debt. That comes out of his own personal fortune, doesn't it? And I can imagine he's he's probably not wanting to do that. Yeah, you can imagine that he's probably not keen on it. So Uh, is this next coming season a write-off and just wait till the elections then? The the responsible thing would be to call elections in December, but that that gives enough time to try and do something in the meantime. But it still means we're <laughs> fucked for the first half of the season. 
Who manage who manages the club between now and December? Well, the talk is that they were going to try and get Pochettino in. He said he never well, the, managed them. I, I, have some, I, I, I find the whole Pochettino that. thing very interesting because, one, as Chris said, he said that, but also, in the interesting way that the media works, as soon as this game, pretty much as soon as this game was over yesterday, the reports that Pochettino had dinner with Bartomeu on Friday or something like that. Now, where where have those reports come from? Because surely any journalist worth their salt who had that would be telling that as soon as they did because they mm-hmm. love to disrupt things. So that's either come from Pochettino's camp or from or from the top at Barcelona. It's probably come from Barcelona because that's damage control. Is there something to be said though for your? I understand what you're saying about this idea of a election sort of almost paralyze the the club for a period. But if you have a manager like Pochettino who is going to try and, or is at least known as a bit more of a a manager who builds things, that maybe a little bit of time to sort of evaluate the situation isn't the worst thing. Yeah, it could put us on life support. <laughs> Will he be given a fair crack of the whip given his previous Espanol comments? <laughs> yeah, he's a good manager. so, And he's backtracked on that because I think he's realised that there are only so many top-level <laughs> mega-jobs in the world. And you probably uh, don't so want to cut but... yourself from, uh, from, from one of them. And the Newcastle takeover hasn't gone through either. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, so there's... I just feel like it'd be wasting his time. Especially if uh, Victor Font wins and then brings in Xavi, which is basically his platform for running. But then... can Pochettino be successful enough that you can't unseat him in that way? And In theory, yeah. I mean, because it wouldn't be... Xavi's not... Chavi's not in his sixties. It's not like <laughs> he's not running out of time. His opportunity, no. to, his opportunity to manage Barcelona will come. Yeah, it it wouldn't be a bad idea to appoint Pochettino and then bring Chavi in to be his assistant. I don't get this Chavi thing. So obviously he's a legend at the club as a player. Uh-huh. He's only managed in Qatar. It's not like he's sort of won Champions League upon Champions League. And it's like, who does this guy think he is to sort of say, oh, I'm, I, I won't manage them in January of 2020, but I might give it a go in July of 2021, as if he's like got the pick of everything. That you Guardiola were, but only managed Guardiola only managed the B team. <laughs> no, I know he, I know he had, but he wasn't, he wasn't there saying, oh, I might manage Barcelona now, I might manage them in a bit. You know, Xavi seems to be sort of picking his moment as if he's some sort of I'm not sure that's manager true. I'm not sure that's true either I think, I think I think Pep was a little bit picky about his moment was he I think so I just think it wasn't played out in such a in quite such a public sphere because it was a different world well, there seems a huge uh, sense of entitlement from Chavi that's yeah. There seems a huge sense of entitlement from Chavi that isn't really backed up by managing anyone of any significance. No, but it's backed up by the the esteem that he's held in by nearly everyone who has played or managed him. You only have to watch, take the ball past the ball to see the see what people think of him and how 
He has been the anointed one for as long as he played under Pep. He could murder someone's family and then the the person would say thank you. Could he shoot someone on Los Ramblas just like in a Donald Trump style? (laughs) I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and still get elected. (laughs) He probably could, yeah. But then if you went and got Poch, then what does that mean for, you know, the whole Chavi thing would obviously sort of fall by the wayside for the time being because he's a man of greater experience of both building squads and getting to Champions League finals. Yeah, well, Javi said, um, I think it was last week, that he wouldn't touch it with a barge pole, pretty much. And it was like, yeah, you really should stay away from this. It's not in your best interest. But, but I don't know whether that's just because he doesn't want to be associated with the current board or he genuinely believes he's not ready to manage the club. But the other thing with this is is the fact that what if he comes in after the, you know this sort of and it's awful. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's going to... Yeah. Then, then luckily he played in the 2011 Champions League final. He'll just fall back on that. <laughs> and, he, and, he never, and he never lost eight to at home to, uh, uh, to Bayern Munich, so... Exactly. <laughs> he's got a 100% record against Real Madrid. He's not lost there yet. He's fine. Um... <laughs> And there's no money, is there? So you've got a, a huge amount of players. Literally none. You've got no money. There's always money. So you've got a huge there amount. There's of... no money in this banana stand. You've got <laughs> you've got a huge amount of players who are getting older on huge wages, haven't you? So the, the sort of legacy from. And don't forget, we've got days. Pjanic coming in as well. Yeah, I'll bring the uh, average <laughs> age. <laughs> um, Smashing that up a bit. <laughs> so there's no money to spend on new players, and you're stuck. Well, not stuck mm-hmm. with, but you have a load of. Um, players well into their 30s on high wages as well. So what's been the talk about doing something about that? Well, there was a report that said um, Rakitic and Dembele, who is not old, but said that they've cleaned out their lockers. Okay. kind of says that neither of them are going to come back. <laughs> I um, think that might just be wishful thinking on a lot of people's parts. What would you... Uh, what would I do? What would you do? If you're sort of dropped into the Camp Nou tomorrow with sort of despotic powers to do whatever you want, <laughs> what would Emma do? <sighs> what a dream. Um, I would... I would at least try to sell... Wrecked it. I bench Suarez permanently. I would try to sell Griezmann. I would try to sell Coutinho. I would try to sell Roberto. I'd bench Busquets. I'd try and buy a right back. I'd bench Alba. I'd try and find another full back. I'd start playing Tadibo because he's pretty good and probably better than Longway, I would sell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? At this point, I would not be disappointed if Messi said that his time is up. I was, just about to, I was just about to ask us that question. Not necessarily, like, one, if the board doesn't do what Messi wants them to do, which is kind of, kind of, agrees uh, informs what we were saying earlier could he could he leave and his contract's up to in 2021 if he was to leave 
Is that necessarily the worst thing in the world? We cannot build a new sporting project around him this time because he's 33. I also don't think that he can... He can't demand that either. I'm not sure he can be a a successful part of that if he can carry on playing football the way he plays football because he can't press with the intensity that success that big successful clubs play with now for the entire game. There was always a lot of talk that I know but one of the things that Sid Lowe was famously said quite often was that uh, like the replacement the, the best replacement for Ch- for Xavi was Messi but Messi then isn't Messi is mm-hmm. could he play that one of those roles could is it time to see Messi as a a deeper line player where he doesn't need to have that pressing intensity who's going to tell him that who's going to tell him not to be Messi anymore um mm-hmm. maybe Kevin could do that if he was manager do you think Eric Abidal, his friend, who's sporting director, is going to tell him? Do you think Chabi, who's his friend, is going to tell him if he comes in as manager? I mean, if, it, if it's the difference between maintaining his, well, maintaining it or extending his career at Barcelona and uh, increasing his chances of success, because it might be important, to, it might be really important to him to be a a one club man. He might not want to go off and play for Man City or... No, I, <laughs> I don't think that is important to him. And this messy situation is actually a pretty big problem. I saw because... the death of Starling earlier on this week. It's ringing very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... We can't build a sporting project around him. He's too old. He's to be the one that tells him. Exactly. But he should know that. If Xavi is being canny, he would come in next year because then he doesn't have to tell, uh, I mean, his old teammates, uh, you know, a lot of his old teammates to, yeah. to clear off. You know, someone might have come in and done that dirty work for him and he can sort of someone come in and say... to it, come in and swing the axe. Yeah. But they're all too scared to do it. Okay, so we've done what you would do. What do you think will happen? <laughs> do you want my hopeful answer or my honest answer? I want your honest answer as to what you think will actually happen. Nothing. Okay. This has been a slow-moving car crash, which has been happening for five years. And last night you finally saw the bit where it exploded. So Liverpool and Rome were just like the wheels falling off, and yeah, last night was sort of the that was that was that was nothing compared to last night. <laughs> um, so you didn't think there'd be any big change? You all, you all laugh at me because I have compared to a lot of football teams, I have mega first world problems <laughs> with my really. Our worst is someone's very best. But you laugh at me every time, you know, this is a crisis. But it's it's a genuine thing that's been happening for 
five years. In fact, longer than five years. Five years is probably the cutoff point for players like Rakitic. Um, no, I mean, Rakitic maybe would have given him a, a year And maybe would have given him a year longer. If but we, if we sort they of... needed to start replacing these guys. They needed to have... The... The problem is they... If you look at it this way, right? Puyol, he was replaced by Pique because Puyol had trained Pique to be his replacement. Pique has not trained anybody to be his replacement. But isn't the problem that all of these players really have been replaced, replaced. but have they moved on again? In like, like I said, whether that's Thiago, whether that was Artur... Neymar, in, in effect, was supposed to be the sort of bridge and then replacement to Messi, but he got impatient and left. Mm-hmm. Coutinho was allegedly supposed to replace Iniesta, but anybody with eyes knew that wasn't a thing. Um, if we're sort of going back and looking pre-2015, in an alternate world where Tito Villanova didn't pass away, would oh. Barcelona be in a different state now? Yeah. Yeah? You think there would have yeah. been, it would have been sort I of... Think- could have would have should have. Yeah, I think they would. Okay. You th- so, what do you- so you're saying you don't think anything will happen? Not significant. No. They'll sack Setian. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's a given, isn't it? But in the grand scheme of things, that isn't changing anything, is it? That's rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. That's yeah. not... It's, it, it's not going to solve anything. He's just... He's just the scapegoat who's there, who's going to carry the can for it. So there's less than a month till the start of the season. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I can only, I can guess two things. They'll either bring the elections forward, or if they don't bring the elections forward, they're not going to get Pochettino. They'll get like a, a stop filler, like another Kike or you know someone like that, just to last till yeah. the elections next year. The trouble year. is, I don't know who that would be. I mean, any manager in the world would want the Barcelona job. Um, would they, though? Okay, up to Jurgen... It's not an attractive sporting project okay. for anybody. Do you think that we could... I know this is never going to happen, and he would definitely turn it down, but do you think we could knock on Jurgen Klopp's door and say, hey, Jurgen, do you no. want to come okay. and manage Barcelona? We've got, we've got a big job for you. All but about... Three or four managers would take the Barcelona job in a heartbeat, I think. I think you could get your club next season. Yeah? <laughs> you think you've had enough by then. And of course, there's Gallardo, who we keep talking about, don't we? In, um, sure, yeah. In He'd be great, but why would he, why would he leave? No. <laughs> Allegri's still without a club, isn't he? Yeah. He's also rubbish. What's your point? Okay. <laughs> rubbish? What did you just say? What's, what's your point? Apparently beggars can be choosers. <laughs> I will try my very best. Um, okay, honestly though, right, in today's market, do you think that there is someone out there who's going to buy a 30-year-old, sorry, 30-plus Ivan Rakitic or uh, Luis Suarez? Or do you think there's anybody in the world who's going to take Antoine Griezmann, given how we've damaged him. Uh, Griezmann might be harder. Yeah. Even PSG Uh, might be a bit funny about that. 
Yeah, we've got, no, you're okay, but Antoine. Rakitic, we're good. Rakitic and Suarez, I can see going to China or MLS or something like that um, and getting one sort of final payday there. Maybe. But wouldn't you just ride out your time on the bench, Barcelona, getting mega money? You'd still get mega money in China and America, wouldn't you? I don't know. I don't... I don't I think China's got a salary cap now, don't they? So I don't think there's mega money there anymore. Mm-hmm. But... Well, I tell you what, look, we'll do a last sort of thing on Barcelona, then we're going to move on to Bayern Munich and some of the other Champions League games. So I'm sure you've seen the Spanish press this morning. Marca called it shameful. Aston Sport called it uh, historic humiliation. And Mundo Deportivo called it shameful end of an era. So um, what has the reaction been in Catalonia and in Spain today in regards to this, presumably along those lines. Yep, there were banners outside the training ground saying that the board and players had wasted 121 years of history. Did anyone fly a banner on a plane? <laughs> I keep telling you we don't have that banner money. We're not decadent people like you. We don't have banner money. <laughs> and there's no people uh, fair. To be fair, considering the players will turn up in like banged up little fiats to training, it'll be a little bit, it'll be a little, a little bit of grotesque to have stuff flying planes overhead. <laughs> yeah, the, it's not been taken well. No, I can well imagine. Um, okay, right. Let's talk a little bit about Bayern Munich because they, you know, they did score eight goals, and it's only fair that we give them a little bit of credit. Um, they actually scored nine goals. Yes, they did, didn't they? Yes, they did. Uh, so, um, Thomas Muller, after the game, um, he talks about the, the, the Brazil game because he played in that. He said they didn't have the same control in the Brazil game uh, that they had uh, in the Barcelona game. They said, tonight we dominated the game and we were brutal. Um, and he also didn't want to get too carried away because he said, whatever happens here tonight, we start the next game nil-nil. Um, so... He also said they had Robert Lewandowski. He did, didn't he? Oh, well, he should be automatically banned for the next two matches. <laughs> but he then explained it, Emma. You get it? Lewandowski. Never explained. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. T- can you man explain that to me again? I, I, don't, I don't get it. Goldowski. <laughs> Goal. Oh, right. I get Oh, I see. Clever. Those funny Germans. <laughs> uh, so they were incredibly good, weren't they? Um, the assist from Leon Goretzka to uh, Serge Gnabry, uh, Alfonso Davis, um, he had a, a, an excellent game. But there was some talk. Um, I was being a bit glib in our WhatsApp chat yesterday about Rio Ferdinand afterwards when he was talking on BT Sport. Because I yeah, can't... you misquoted him. <laughs> okay. I kind of got the impression from him yesterday that... I kind of feel like you wanted me to hate him. <laughs> like you were baiting me. <laughs> no, I was a little taken back, by not, not so much by what he said, but the tone of what he said. So he, I kind of felt that he was talking uh, Manchester City would be watching the game last night with glee, looking at the high line that Bayern Munich were playing. Um, and just in on our WhatsApp group sort of pointed out that Neuer can sort of play out also come forward as a sweeper keeper Alfonso Davis can cover with his pace as well yeah um, this, I, I, I let that point go but there's still three other defenders like you just if that's the case just attack down the other flank like <laughs> Alfonso Davis might be fast he's not he's not the flash it's not it's not looking good for Rio though because I'm currently watching Manchester City and it doesn't look like they're going to beat you <laughs> at the moment so 
he might have wanted to not underestimate Leon before he started underestimating Bayern Munich. He basically gave about two seconds worth of, oh yes, uh, Manchester City aren't through yet, but, and then went on about, would, you know. I would also would add to that that Jonathan Wilson wrote an article either last night or this morning um, talking about Bayern Munich's highline as a, a threat as well. So he's, got, he's, he's got so many books to come in the next few weeks, isn't he? <laughs> Based on last night. <laughs> um, so, if, you, if you're if you're not going to uh, accept the the um, the credentials of um, Rio Ferdinand, who's won the Champions League, then maybe the the most prominent tactics writer in in football, no? No. I understand what you're saying, um, but I think it was the sort of rubbing his hand together with glee that sort of Rio was doing after the game. It was like, wow, why Manchester City play this and they get in behind that high line? And it's like, well, yeah, but look at the fact that you've got Garcia and Laporte or Fernandinho and Laporte against Gnabry and Davis and Lewandowski and dot, 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 dot. Um, I think that... There's no world outside the Premier League though, Chris. (laughs) It's all about the Premier League. That's true. I mean, it's epic blindness. It's insulting. <laughs> well, it, no, it really is. No, it's I can. Ima- I can well imagine it is. Me. I can well imagine that it is. Yeah, as um, as someone with Real Madrid and Barcelona in your division, to someone to hear someone extol the virtues I mean, of Watford or something. You are, I mean, you are criticizing. You are criticizing an Englishman on English TV talking about. The, the team that the only potential other English team are destined to play in the next round if they were to get there. But isn't there a thing called realism? For years, Zlatan was underrated I, in this I country because people say he didn't do it in England. I personally think that, that Chris is repeatedly overplaying the level <laughs> at which Rio Ferdinand was... was I was already quote, angry, Chris. You didn't make me even more angry. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, right. There were other Champions League games that have taken place this week, so we'll uh, give Emma a bit of a rest. So, Lyon Manchester City is taking place at the moment. It's currently Lyon winning 1 0. Um, more heartbreak for uh, the little guy uh, as Atalanta lost 2 1 to PSG. They took the lead through Pasolic in the 26th minute. Um, Marquinhos equalised in the 90th, and then uh, Chupamoting in the 93rd minute. Um, Oh God, it was cruel. It was awful, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The game really was about Neymar, wasn't it? Because he had those extraordinary misses in the first half, yet he comes out of this with two assists. And also a a stat here, 16 dribbles, which is the most in a Champions League game since Lionel Messi versus Manchester United in 2008, if you remember those days, Emma. Um, (laughs) The glory days. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He had a very good game, and when it came to it, he sort of stepped up to the plate, didn't he, Neymar? Neymar's an odd character in many ways Um, in the fact that I can't think of a football player or many football players who people who who, um, brings out such strong strong feelings in people people seem to have an odd desire a lot of people seem to have an odd desire to want to hate him I think there is a little bit of a, of a factor now that because he's gone and played for PSG and has largely had 
some injury troubles while he's been there, but people have forgotten how good a, a player he is. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think the fact that he plays for PSG and plays well week in, week out, everyone could escape Farmers League. Whereas we saw him in against a very, very good Atalanta team yes, um, earlier on this week do what he needed to do. Without Mbappe for the most part of the game as well. I dislike Neymar, but not because of how he performs on the football pitch. It's the off-field stuff that I can't... The sister. <laughs> yeah. What is that and about? The fact, that he, the fact that he sued Barcelona for breach of contract when he left. On Wednesday, Neymar and sister were trending, and it looked like they have a bit of a Cornish relationship looking at some of the um, things that people have written about it. Have you seen any of the photos of them looking being very, very close to each other? No, I haven't. Well, that's a Google search in your future. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, has anyone got anything else I want to say about this? So I was going to move on to RB versus Atleti. Evil triumphs again. <laughs> okay, well... The continuing evil triumphs as RB Leipzig beat <laughs> Atleti uh, 2-1. So, Olmo gained the lead. Uh, and then a Lucas Klosterman foul on Jao Felix uh, meant that Felix scored the penalty to equalise. And Tyler Adams in the 88th minute with one hell of a deflection into the goal. 11-year-old um, RB Leipzig going into the semi-finals of the Champions League. Danny and- Olmo is also someone that came through La Masia, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I watched this. Atleti really only came alive after going behind. It makes you wonder why they don't play like that more often. It was a very Atletico Madrid game of football, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I, I think that I think that both teams were playing massively stereotypical football. That um, Leipzig couldn't have been playing any any more of a sort of uh, a, ge- a German brand of football, and Atleti were very much playing old school, robust Simeone football. Yeah, Deo Upamenko, he kept Diego Costa very quiet. Um, Kieran Trippier became the fourth English player to play a Champions League quarter final for a non English club. David Beckham, Owen Hargreaves, Stephen Manaman. Boom. Well done. Um, Someone's been doing his research. (laughs) (laughs) I've written here, uh, what now, Simeone and Atleti, and I've written, I'm tired of them afterwards. The whole getting angry on the touchlines and uh, their whole style of play, I'm just a little tired of it after five, six years. Does anyone feel the same? Well, I will be sure to pass on that to him and I'm sure he will single you out I'll see if Rio Ferdinand had said that you'd been so angry (laughs) (laughs) Um, am I lonely thinking that are you two still quite happy for Atleti being the plucky underdogs that they are I very much enjoyed them beating Liverpool so they have at least another five years of respect for me that has changed my outlook on things now yeah I realise I run the risk of sounding a bit sort of uh, wounded by that would great yeah, sour grapes. I realise that, but it was just watching the game and him getting really angry on the touchlines and the way they play. And I think I've watched this for like the last five or six years. There is something. There is something a bit pantomime about Simeone, right? But I can understand after a while, gets a little bit old. Yeah, you're ahead of me on the stream then. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, and do you think that that's? Um, do you think that? Do you think that that's run its course now? People have talked about Simeone having run his course at Atleti for a long time, um, and there appears to have been multiple attempts for them to try and change their style of football, only for them to get to December and January and realise that what really works for them is playing sort of what they used to and and just playing the hits. Um, I'm, we would have to ask Emma about more about what the expectations of the Spanish media and the fa- and Atleti's fan base is for for them. Not every club would tolerate that, but a lot of clubs with the pedigree of Atleti would be perfectly happy with where they are now. Is there any question at all of Simeone going to Camp Nou? No. No. Um, why would there be? Um, I don't know. Do you, maybe the sort of um, fact that you need a manager, and he, maybe if he has run his natural course, he's been in Spain a long time and obviously highly rated. Is it not a, a fit? That... His ultra defensive style will go down a Twitter camp. No. <laughs> Fair enough. I can, I can, I can feel Johan Cruyff writing, um, <laughs> writing editorials <laughs> from the beyond the grave about how that shouldn't happen. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. The, the, the thing there is for them that they're the perfect match. Yeah. Um, and it's going to take a lot. It's going to be on him, I think, whether he thinks it's time for him to move on or he doesn't, you know, he doesn't think he can take them any further. It's all going to be on him. I remember a little bit about him being linked with Chelsea in the past and rumours about him going elsewhere are sort of quietened recently, haven't they? Yeah, he used to be linked quite a lot, didn't he, with like other jobs, and that does seem to have stopped. Yeah, because I think they know that it's a non-starter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyone got any more they want to say in this game? Leipzig impressed me again. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Leipzig impressed you. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Especially having lost. Um, having lost Timo Werner. Um. I think that they could cause with the oh, the, the way they press and and <laughs> the intensity of their football. I think that they could cause PSG some problems in the next round, even because I don't think that that's the kind of thing that they are used to every day. In I know they've not played in Liga for a while, but I don't think that is the kind of day to day football they are used to combating. Sounds like Emma vehemently disagrees with you there. There may or may not have been a goal in the Manchester City Leon game. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I thought I'd muted my microphone, but I, I had not. Uh, There's going to be at least one parental advisory on tonight's um, <laughs> podcast. Um, okay, right. I've got some transfers here that have happened this week. So, uh, William to Arsenal has happened, so he doesn't have to move house at all or trouble the moves and the shakers. Um, so he has. Uh, Aaron... <laughs> That's a three-year contract on multiple hundred pounds a week after they've made those redundancies. This, this is Arsenal you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, true. 
Okay. Uh, Aaron Ramsden Aaron Ramsden. Sheffield United for 18.5 million. So presumably Dean Henderson sees his future at Old Trafford, you would kind of guess. Um, Jan Vertonghen has yep. gone to Benfica. Blaise Tweed has gone to David Beckham's into Miami. Uh, and finally, Emma, I want to talk about this one with you. So uh, Francis Cochrane and Danny Pajero have gone from Valencia to Villarreal for a combined total of £7.2 million, which has caused quite a lot of consternation. But um, yes. Valencia released a statement last night where Peter Lynn said, quote, unquote, we must be a serious club. We must be responsible. A bankrupt club is not a proper club or a better club. Oh, that should be a penalty. Um, You'll get there. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Still not on mute, Emma. <laughs> Okay, what what do you make yeah. of these transfers? What do you make of that comment? And what's the sort uh, of story in, in in Spain with regards to this? Well, Valencia fans have been protesting in the city of Valencia against Peter Lim and his ownership of the club since those transfers went through this week. Mm. He does not have the club's best interests at heart. I don't know why you would think it would be a good idea to let the club captain leave for free. And not only is the club captain of Valencia, he's also one of the best midfielders in the Liga. He's, he's an exceptional player. And they've let him go for free. They didn't even give him some sort of, like, tribute uh, on him leaving. They just kind of said, we wish him well in his next chapter of his career like he played for them for five minutes it was really it was horrible he was <laughs> he released a video on i think he did like an instagram thing mm. or uh, um and he was in tears he, he said that he had to explain to his children why he was leaving valencia it's pretty appalling isn't it it's like um tony hibbert esther isn't it adam That shouldn't have been a penalty. No, I don't think so. Is he on a huge wage? No. So they're no, not even not, made a huge... Not particularly. So they're not made a huge saving in salary and they've got £7.2 million for two players. So yeah, it doesn't really ring true with the statement. Torres, they saw Ferran Torres last week for a fraction of the price they should. he's actually worth. Basically, this is some sort of weird fire sale. Valencia have this tradition of shooting themselves in the foot when things are good. Last season, they won the Copa del Rey against Barcelona, um, and they sacked Marcelino, who won the trophy, who was their manager, who was doing a great job. They sacked him. I think they've had two or three managers this season. Yeah. All sacked. All did a horrible job. And now they're selling their best players for fractions of the cost that they are actually worth. Peter Lim is not a good owner of a football club. He's he, it, it's it's appalling what he's doing to them. He's he's running them into the ground. I saw the Instagram post from his daughter. Yeah. Uh which was it's our club we'll do with it what it, you, of it. Yeah, it's our club we'll do with it what we want or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Peter Lim, I believe, is also a part owner of Salford City. City. I was about to say, you just wait until they sell one of these players to Salford City. <laughs> Ferran yeah. Torres to Salford City. <laughs> it's it's funny how Gary Neville got the Valencia job, isn't it? 
<laughs> That's that whole connection there. Yeah, he was helping. He was helping a mate out. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of the Neville brothers, uh, Dutch manager Serena Weigman has taken over from Phil Neville for the uh, England Lionesses job. Um, she was previously the Dutch national team manager for the ladies, uh, where she won the UEFA Women's Championship in 2017. She also won three uh, KNVB Cups um, and one Eredivisie title when uh, managing domestically in Holland. Um, the Canadian Premier League is back. Forge FC drew two to a Calgary uh, Cavalry, sorry, and um, York Nine drew two two with Atletico Ottawa. That's Atletico. Sydney uh, FC win the Premier's plate despite a loss to Western United, and they're now going to be moving or looking forward to the uh, the finals trophy. Um, Andre Pirlo has gone to Juventus, which is with all his experience. With all his experience, Conrad, did we talk about that last week? I think we did, didn't we? I can't remember. I don't know if Pirlo had been appointed by then. No, okay, maybe we didn't. Um, um, he hadn't he been hadn't he been in the club already for nine days? And yeah, for the under twenty threes, he spent nine days coaching the under twenty threes and not taking charge of an under twenty threes match. Some fucking excellent training sessions. He, that, guy <laughs> out, that guy could put out a cone. <laughs> I mean, if ever there was an advert for the Rooney Rule, then something like this is it. A um, couple of things in Arsenal. Uh, they are left quote unquote. They, they are quote unquote left furious over the Mesut Özil interview in the Athletic this week, when he, he explained about his refusal to take a salary cut, um, and also the fact that he's not going anywhere. He's going to sit on his contract. I'm here until the last day of our agreement. He said. Um, and there is also an investigation by the club. Free the Özil one. Free the Özil one. <laughs> <laughs> what does three hundred and fifty grand a week buy you in terms of jail cells? That's a pretty good one, isn't it? You get Sky TV and a PlayStation in there that the Daily Mail will be angry about. Um, and all he, wants to, all he wants to do is play Fortnite anyway, so he'd be all right. <laughs> uh, the investigation by the club into the amount paid for Nicolas Pepe, the £72 million transfer. So they're not unhappy with the fact they bought him. I think they're unhappy with what they paid for him. So they're going to have an uh, investigation into uh, that. Um, Can you do that? Is that possible? Because I'm unhappy about how much we pay Liverpool for Coutinho. So, <laughs> how do I get this investigation going? What, <laughs> what are the grounds? I got a feeling you're going to turn up at this sort of Camp Nou, like sort of Martin Luther and his 95 theses, and just sort of hammer it to the door of you know, <laughs> Emma's 95 grievances. That's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, uh, and finally, Dallas FC players were booed uh, when taking the knee um, this week. They are at home to Nashville on Sunday. Um, their player, Reggie Cannon, condemned the actions of the fans who were singing USA, USA and uh, taking the knee. Um, interestingly, in rugby league, uh, that like to lord it over uh, football for their um, piousness, uh, Wakefield Trinity for the second week in a row refused to take a knee uh, as part of the Black Lives Matter um, uh, uh, ongoing protests uh, apart from one player who wrapped himself in a flag of the Australian Aboriginals and took a knee um, so there we go anyone got any more things they want to mention before I wrap up I really hope Sevilla beat Manchester United I do too that, that is all <laughs> Adam anything you want to mention no Okay, excellent. Right, uh, we are uh, at Man of the Post. We're part of the At Man of the Post network. You can find us on Twitter at Man of the Post, Instagram at Man of the Post, and you can give us a uh, like on Facebook too. Um, Adam, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? Uh, Adam, if they want to 
Okay, you can follow me at chm 77 Emma, if they want to follow you, they can't, can they? Just leave me alone. Just leave you alone, particularly at the moment. Yay! <laughs> um, that was either a huge agreement or Leon might have scored. <laughs> Leon just scored. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on in the world of podcasting for Man on the Post at the moment because uh, we are closed season, of course. Um, but if you like what you... For about six days. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you like what you hear, you can uh, rate reviewers uh, on iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes or Acast or Spotify and all the um, future podcasts will fall automatically in your inbox. So, uh, Adam, thank you very much. No worries. Emma, thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a lie down. <laughs> okay. Uh, and always remember your man on the post. Okay.